0: I've learned. Hey now, what's up? To come over here staring at Hello, blonde. welcome to Prince
1: Track by Track. I'm your host, Darren, and today we're going to be talking about the title track of Rave and to the Joy Fantastic. And that, of course, is the number two where the 2-0 should be in the title. First recorded June 1988 at Paisley Park and then re-recorded July 1988 at the Olympic Studios in London. And then in 1999, Prince went back to the song and re-recorded it. On the track, it is just Prince, uh, as tends to happen with these songs that get re-recorded over and over. Um, The song is 4 Minutes 18 or on Rave Into the Joy Fantastic, it is 5 Minutes 13. And joining me to talk about today is Martin Sand. Hello Martin. Hi Darren. Now obviously if you were a Prince fan, you kind of, you know, during the the, the late 80s, early 90s, you kind of already heard this song um, because the, the opening title, you know, the opening words, Rave to the Joy Fantastic, which are the opening words of the song and the album, um, they were quoted in two hundred balloons. <clears throat> so if you had the hits, the B sides, you'd already heard the words "Raven to the Joy Fantastic." There, of course, Batdance also quoted uh, "Raven to the Joy Fantastic." Uh, the Bat mix kind of used the you know the kind of the main riff of "Raven to the Joy Fantastic" as the backbone of it. But it, you can hear one tiny line of it in the actual you know Batdance song. And then the Max uh, unusually used the guitar line as a horn part. <laughs> which is really kind of odd. So Prince kind of quoted the song like 11 years before it eventually was released. Um, And Prince submitted this song to Tim Burton as part of the Batman soundtrack. And in particular for the scene where, um, you know, which is now known as the scene with party man in, uh, which I feel it fits the scene so well that you can't imagine that another song would have been there. Um, But apparently Tim Burton obviously attempted with a different Prince song and then, you know, Prince had, you know, recorded Rave. Um, well, he'd recorded Rave before Batman, but he submitted that and then he recorded Party Man just for the film. Um, so, I mean, I guess if you're interested, you could always play that scene and just play Raven to the Johnny Fantastic <laughs> and see how they fit, but I don't think they will uh, because Party Man were, like, the. So- I can't remember what song was "Tempt," but basically the rhythm that Jack Nicholson is dancing to Fits Party Man because Prince made Party Man fit what Jack Nicholson was doing. So, Rave doesn't really fit that. Um, so yeah, this is this is one of those songs that you know had shown up on bootlegs. I'm sure there were even bootlegs that were called Raven to the Joy Fantastic before Prince officially released this. Um, and there was before Prince got sidetracked into doing the Batman album, um, Prince was going to do an album called Raven to the Joy Fantastic, um, and it would have it would have had a track listing that had. Um, You know, songs like, uh, you know, Melody Cool and Elephants and Flowers and Still Would Stand All Time. Basically songs that ended up finding their way onto, um, you know, onto uh, Graffiti Bridge. Um, You know, also at one point Moonbeam Levels was on there, Pink Cashmere, um, Electric Chair, uh, The Blues Number, If I Had a Harem was also on there. So, you know, there was a a number of songs that basically, uh, you know, showed up in other places Um, that would have been on this album. Uh, Prince obviously abandoned it pretty quickly once he got into doing Batman, and then obviously a a handful of songs came back on Graffiti Bridge and others showed up later on. Um, And, you know, it took Prince another 10 years before he finally managed to, you know, release an album called Raven to the Joy Fantastic. Um, And, you know, that was this album. Uh, Now, obviously, Arista signed Prince for one album, Uh, Clive Davis, the man who had founded uh, Arista and who was the head of Arista, he had approached Prince with the idea to do something similar to Supernatural by Santana, uh, whereby Prince would have a number of guest stars and they would be ostensibly younger and, you know, hipper (laughs) than Prince was at the time. I don't think he would have pitched it to Prince like that, but just basically the idea of Prince collaborating with other people and, you know, him... Uh, I mean I think it worked with Santana because Santana obviously is a guitarist first and foremost yeah. and not a vocalist so you can have 10 other people come on and sing on your songs and you can sell the project on those name values Prince obviously always reluctant to take a backseat and so some of the other collaborations which I'll get into as I go through those tracks they you know on some of them you can barely make out the person he's meant to be collaborating with and on others the collaboration feels you know kind of um, just, I don't know, kind of plonked in the middle of a song. Like you just have a song and all of a sudden here is a guest vocal and then the rest of the song continues and it's <laughs> almost like they never met Prince, uh, which I think in a handful of cases was true. Um, you know, but, uh, and the weirdest thing is, of course, the fact that Prince res- like kind of gave the name of this project, Raven to the Joy Fantastic, which for any Prince fans you would have known was like a- almost a 10-year-old song at this point. Yeah, And that to me as well, it feels like Prince kind of, You know, this is the the oldest track that's on here. Um, This might actually be one of the oldest tracks um, that Prince released um, after leaving Warner Brothers. You know, obviously you had Crystal Ball and you had, um, you know, The Vault. But at this point, there weren't, you know, there weren't that many kind of well-known songs that were in The Vault that Prince hadn't already released. So, you know, this is one of the older ones that I think people were still waiting to have like an official version of. Um, you know, for the remix, Prince went in and added a few extra lyrics and, you know, extended it for another minute, changed the kind of the main beat. Uh, not, not really an improvement on the song, um, but it's still like the song itself, even though Prince went back and recorded bits of it in 1999, it still has a very kind of like 80s feel. Um, and I think, you know, if you are listening to the album, it really stands out as having a different production sound to the rest of the album. Um so, you know, that's that's the one thing that's kind of obvious about the track. Um as for the success of the project, well, I mean <laughs> um, you know, the vault had been released a few months before by Warner Brothers in an attempt to spoil this. Um, you know, this, there was only two and a half months between the vault and Rave being released, and I guess it kind of worked, although you know, Rave did okay. You know, it spent you know, 16 weeks in the, you know, the US Billboard uh, R&B albums chart, and it spent 15 weeks on the Billboard Top 200, you know, a peak position of 18. Um I I mean, I remember it being released over here. I don't remember it charted. And I remember, you know, they only really released one single, which was The Greatest Romance Ever Sold, Um, you know, and I, I do remember Prince, he didn't tour this album, but he did do a number of kind of like TV appearances. And I remember him appearing on um, on Channel 4 to do, you know, a version of Baby Nose. I don't know that it was live. It it might have just been mimed, um, you know. But, I don't, like, I feel like, the, the you know, if, if we hadn't have already had The Vault a few months before, maybe this would have landed. But it, it always felt like a little bit of a disappointment. And I feel like that's something that people are going to have to get used to hearing me say as I go through this album, um, you know. I, I like at this particular point, you know, I'd been a Prince fan, you know, pretty much for all of the 90s. And, you know, I think I'd been let down a little bit by Crystal Ball. You know, I, I, obviously, I, I, I love everything that's on the truth. Um, and I thought the vault was, you know, like there's a few really good songs on there. You know, it feels kind of more cohesive in terms of, you know, a collection than, than Crystal Ball did. That just felt too big. And so I was eagerly awaiting, you know, the next Prince album. And given that there was only like a 10-week gap between the two albums, I was like, you know, let's, let's get to this next Prince album, whatever it is. Um, and then this came out, and I listened to it, and by the time I got to the end of the album, there wasn't really, you know, there weren't really any tracks that kind of stood out that made me want to kind of go back and listen to the album. And, you know, I think that kind of starts with this title track. Something that, I, I don't know why Prince started doing this, but... On this album, there are a lot of songs that open with him just
0: singing the title of the song. and it, like, yeah, and it fades in with this reverse um, reverb, which um, yeah. he also does uh, more than once on this album.
1: Yeah, it, it feels like there's a couple of tricks that he decided to try, and he kind of goes to them a few too many times. So by the time you get to the end of the album, it kind of exposes them a little bit. And I don't know, it just... To me, it, it kind of... I don't know. The album just disappointed me, and you know, I I think you know a lot of that was to do with you know the production sound. I'm not a huge f- like this track's different to the rest of the album, but for the rest of the album, I'm not really a fan of the kind of this kind of claustrophobic Prince production. Um, you know, he'd kind of he kind of collaborated with a few people on um, you know the truth and and you know some of the tracks on Emancipation, but here he seems to be kind of trapped in the studio again by himself, and so you start to get that kind of you know, claustrophobic kind of like Prince does the drums, then goes back and does the bass, then goes back and does the guitar, then layers his vocals six or seven times. And by the end of it, you kind of like, you know, you want someone to kind of give some other input into the songs. And, you know, when they, when that doesn't come, it kind of makes like, even the collaborations that, like I said, they feel like they were all recorded in a different studio and then Prince just dropped them
0: into the Obviously He should have gotten Rob Thomas to sing on one of his
1: songs. I mean, I feel that was the missing element. I mean, you know, we all need a little bit more Rob Thomas in our life. Um, mm. The singer, not the writer, let's put it like that. Um, although I do love the fact that Rob Thomas actually appeared in iZombie, um, which, of course, is show run by Rob Thomas. So, yeah. You know. Um, but, yeah, so, I don't know. Like they this, killed him. <laughs> they, they the, yeah, which I, you know, that was a good outcome for everyone, I feel. I don't know, like, in terms of, like, a genre, I'm not quite sure what to call this title track because... It just it does feel like a throwback to kind of like 80s Prince, like that production really kind of sticks out, Um, you know. And so I I don't know, like, I guess it's meant to be like a dance track, you know, obviously. I think you can call it funk. The thing is, of course, you know, it would have been done around the time of Love Sexy and kind of everything on Love Sexy has a certain kind of feel to it. And I think that Rave would have easily fit on, you know, Love Sexy if you'd wanted to put one more song on there um yeah you know it would have made sense you know it it kind of sounds like that um you know and like it is just prince doing everything as well that's the that's the thing um you know he's he's just kind of playing everything um and it kind of shows a little bit but yeah you like you say it opens with this kind of this fading in of rave and to the joy fantastic rave um and get used to that word rave because it is at the end of pretty much every single line in the entire song um you know and and you know it, it then repeats it um this is another thing as well something that, around this time i don't know why it happened but prince kind of abandoned choruses and so you know i guess the chorus for this is just the repetition of rave into the joy fantastic everybody rave into the joy fantastic. like that's kind of the chorus but it's just tacked onto the end of each verse um you know and it kind of shows that this is 80s Prince when you have some of the lyrics where, you know, you have stuff like a uh, world full of lovers, city full of good times. Uh, mm-hmm. Don't go undercover. I can get you out your mind. Um, you know, and then he he actually references some other songs where he says, all you need is a good walk and a brand new position. New position obviously being a, you know, a, a song that was on Parade. Uh, then we can spread, spread the real soul doing it like a mission. Um, <laughs> rave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. I, 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 don't, I mean, I, I think maybe he might have said new power soul instead of the real soul at one point. But uh, obviously this may, may have been come before, you know, he came up with that phrase. Um, but yeah, I mean, the second kind of verse, I guess we can call it that is where we have some kind of interesting lyrics where Prince is telling us a river um cock poppy that was hip yesterday. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, Prince. You you've what won- you completely lost me here. You know, new thing hitting where it feel good. What did you say? Rave. Tell me all about it. Ain't it the bomb? Mac Daddy ain't got no gun. And then this is where he he references another song where he says, everybody got a new thing, new fun, scandalous, (laughs) which of course would end up being a title of a Batman song. Um, You know, you've got to rave until the Joy Fantastic. Um, Now, I've got to say, like, I'm never 100% clear, you know, 20 years on here, what the Joy Fantastic is. And why we are raving unto it, um, and then of course you know on the remix album we're raving into the Joy Fantastic, um, and in between those two we rave unto the year two thousand. <laughs> so <laughs> this like rave unto thing just became like a thing that he did for three years, and then he kind of dropped it. Um, so I don't, also also the fact that like the word rave, um, you know, I, I, I mean I don't know how many people are familiar with what was termed the second summer of love. Uh, where basically a bunch of people in Manchester took a lot of drugs, mostly ecstasy, around 1989. Um, yeah, and you know acid house. Yes, and indeed. Yeah, and you know a lot of that was predicated on people in fields going to raves. So I don't, I, like, I don't know if that is where this word has been picked up by Prince. If like you know it's something that kind of was in the zeitgeist in the late 80s, and you know that's why he's saying the word so often in the song. Um, but I don't know. It's like it's one of those songs where, like, you it's it's like it's an interesting turn of phrase, but by the end of the song, you're no closer to knowing exactly what Prince is actually talking about. Um, even when he says stuff like, you know, take a look inside your mind, and I'm like, I I don't know how I'm meant to do that, Prince. How do I take a look inside my mind? What does that mean? Um, you know, (laughs) give me just like a little something, you know, to kind of um understand um you know and even when he i mean he then says stuff like sister got a sizzler on and i'm like i've uh, what, like what is going on here <laughs> this entire like this entire song just ends up puzzling you more and more as you listen to it um you know although i'll say this i love the guitar you know like that kind of you know it, it like it, it actually sounds a lot like kind of 1989 um, you know, Batman type guitar, like the guitar sound that he used for that. It's clearly the same kind of guitar sound that he's using here. Yeah, absolutely. You know that line of that kind of guitar line sounds a bit like an alarm siren. Yes. Like yeah, a, yeah. yeah. I think I think it might. I I don't know what it is, but there was there was like a guitar that he used around this time, which he also used on a lot of the tracks on Graffiti Bridge. And then after that, he kind of stopped using it. So I don't know. I don't know which guitar it was that he used. Um, I don't know. Maybe like one of the maybe like the the Black Angel or you know one of those guitars. But the sound of it is very kind of distinct. But yeah, you know. I, I mean, I don't know. Like I I, I can never puzzle the lyrics out. Um, and I I feel like Prince is. It's one of those times where Prince. It, it sounds like he's being clever, but then when you're actually like you know, uh, kind of breaking it down, you're like I. I don't know that Prince actually knows what he's saying here. It just seems like he's kind of throwing out random words and hoping people will be like, yeah, this sounds good, Prince.
0: Yeah, I guess it's just uh, mostly, um, you know, a soup or a cereal bowl, maybe a bowl of Lucky Charms with, like, um, sparkling, uh, joyful, and maybe kind of sexy words. and You know, he's got this... um, i mean the the lyrics um the theme of it like gestures at sort of this um religious ecstasy uh crossed with um sexual ecstasy crossed with um you know the um musical esthetic uh, that kind of thing and dancing and whatnot um but it's um it's pretty vague.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: And I mean, I guess, you know, you could say the
1: Joy Fantastic is a result of taking some kind of drugs. You know, of course, we're, we're at the time period where Prince was recording the Black Album and then ultimately abandoned the Black Album. Obviously, the story of why he abandoned it is because of, you know, taking some ecstasy and realizing that the Black Album was <clears throat> evil somehow. And so I, I don't know, maybe if there's a little bit of that in here as well. Um, but I don't know. Ultimately, I feel like the production on it is better than anything that the lyrics are saying, and you know, uh, I I I kind of enjoy it a little bit that way. But um, you know, if this had come out in like '88, I think people would have said, you know, it's a second tier album track. But putting it here and trying to make like the entire album named after it, it feels like Prince is trying to say something, but I'm not quite clear what he's trying to say. Um, other than here is a 10-year-old song that you know i can just quickly re-record and that make that a new song and you know it it will fit onto this album and you know i'm going to call it you know
0: raven to the joy fantastic um and yeah you know it connecting it to the uh abandoned um black album uh, makes me sort of regret that there's not um you know like a companion piece to it like um uh, uh, Rave unto the dread horrific <laughs> or something like that could uh, that could have been well, fun like like uh i mean sp- like the the alternate character that prince created
1: who who was responsible for the black album was called spooky electric so i feel like raven to the spooky electric would be you know <laughs> that would that would kind of make sense as a title as much as the joy fantastic does um, so, but then I guess you know if 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 you know if you're doing a uh, jukebox musical of Prince songs, at some point there has to be someone called Joy Fantastic um, as a character on stage, so people can rave to her. Um, worth saying as well that you know around this time as well, one of Prince's girlfriends was called Anna Fantastic. So you know that might also be part of it. Um, I don't know. It's <laughs> it's one of those things where I like I try to puzzle it out, but I'm no closer to understanding exactly what's going on. And, you know, we're talking like almost 20 years after this song came out. Um, so but I, I think the thing is, you know, obviously, if you'd heard it quoted in like 200 Balloons and Bat Dance, I think obviously, you know, you, you're kind of your interest would be peaked when you heard that this was the title of the album, because you'd like, be like, oh, finally, like I get to hear the rest of that song. <laughs> like all I've heard is one <laughs> line in 200 Balloons. So now I get to hear what the rest of that song would be. Um, but, you know, even those opening lines feel a little disconnected from the rest of what follows. Um, so, you know, and interestingly, Prince actually performed this live um, in uh, in London on the 26th of July 1988. So years before he actually kind of, you know, he he'd, he'd recently he'd like literally had reworked it a little bit two days before um, at the Olympic Studios. So I don't know, I guess maybe he was trying it out before he kind of put it onto an album. Um, and then he performed it a little bit in 1999, you know, as he was promoting, you know, the album with this title. I guess it makes sense he would perform the title track. Um, and then, of course, you know, he, uh, he performed it, well, an instrumental version of it in 2011. And that was the last time he performed it. So for a title track, I mean, I guess because he didn't tour in 99, I guess he would have played it a lot more if he toured it. Um, but, you know, it's one of those it's one of those things where for a title track of an album, it's odd that Prince didn't perform it more. Um, you know, kind of but, you know, he his promotion for this album was kind of very muted. Um, you know, and I I think the thing is, you know, once Rainbow Children came out, it felt like Prince's heart was kind of back in things, you know, with Rainbow Children. That felt more like an album that his his heart was in and, you know, he, he kind of after his kind of conversion, it feels like that was the image that he wanted to kind of promote going forwards. Whereas this feels like the last vestiges of like the eighties Prince um you know right down to the kind of the album cover where you have Prince in this blue suit and I oh it's it, uh, it's just it's just a terrible cover um you know the, the typeface <laughs> is horrible the the symbol has been kind of clipped so it's all angular and it just doesn't make any sense and you know the the actual cover that i've got obviously you know have, you have got Prince in this kind of blue shiny suit but the way they've treated the the like the suit to make it shiny on the album, it looks like someone's just put someone's head on, so, like Prince's head on someone else's body, and it's just not, mm. it's just not well designed. Um, you know, the words "Joy Fantastic" kind of, uh, they're kind of in the middle of the album as if someone ran out of space to put them on. Like "Rave" is really big, and then "Joy Fantastic" is all squashed up, and it's, uh, it's just, it's just a mess. Um, as you know, will become a common theme with you know Prince album covers from now on, with the exception of, I would say at least "Rainbow Children" because that's a, that's a great looking cover. Um, But this just looks, it just, it just looks terrible, you know. Um, So, I mean, I would say for myself, uh, three out of five, you know, this is, I think this is where I'm going to be hovering for most of these songs. Um, You know, none of them really kind of like blow me away. And, you know, none of them really made me think, oh, I've got to put this into, you know, my mix of Prince songs, you know. A lot of them I'm just like, well, it was pleasant enough, but I don't think I'm going to be listening to that again anytime soon. Um, So, you know, I, I don't think I can go higher than a three. Um, also at this point I feel like Prince you know he really kind of milked the vo- the vault a little bit so we'd already had you know 40 songs taken out of the vault like throwing one more out there feels kind of lazy. It's like you know you know you left Warner Brothers because you wanted to release lots of new music you know let's hear some new music let's let's stop digging up 10 year old songs you know um, so what are your thoughts out of five?
0: I think um three is fair. I could go as high as four. I really like this track, even though it's, I don't know, it is lightweight. Um, it doesn't really say much, um, but it's, it's, it's funky. It clips along in, in, in like, in like a mix of, um, you know, 80s prints or 80s to early 90s prints. Um, it, it, it fits in well there, like, um, I don't listen to it very often, but I don't skip it when it comes up. It flows along nicely. You know,
1: I still, I still enjoy listening to it, but, uh, you know, uh, uh, this entire album to me, is, and this is, like I say, people are going to get tired of hearing this. It was a little bit of a disappointment, and I feel that kind of colors a lot of the songs for me. It's like, you know, l- listening mm-hmm. back to them, I think at the time I was quite enthusiastic about it, but then over the last couple of decades, I think my enthusiasm kind of waned quite sharply. Um, and there are albums after this where I find that you know there are songs that are more enjoyable um, so you know graded on a curve it's got to be a 3 for me um, so I feel like we said about as much as we can about Rave until The Joy Fantastic so let's go to plugs is there anything that wish to plug Martin?
0: Absolutely not thank you very much and you can
1: find us on Facebook at Prince by Track or on Twitter at Prince Podcast. or you can email us not sure where you would at Track at gmail.com thanks once more for being my guest here Martin thank you and otherwise Rave
0: Who is it? pretty? Man. Yeah, this is this the pretty name, Prissy. <laughs> <Pretty. laughs>